welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. You know, here's, here's the message. Um, it all, they all, the, these three words rhyme. Information, revelation, transformation. They end in shun. That's why they run. T-I-O-N. Everybody? Schoolhouse rock. Shun, 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 shun. Anybody? Just write. Yeah. That's how I learned school. Um, here's a thought. I feel like it's genuinely what the Lord has as a target for us this morning is information about him is, just, is supposed to stir up us to pursue revelation of him so we have a result of transformation in our lives. Um, we, as American Christians, really easily think that information is transformation. Like, I know a lot about God, so therefore I'm, like, good. It's like that's kind of like the, you know, I'm mature. It's like I, get, you know, I can pass quizzes about God, you know, that kind of thing. And that's super important. Truth sets us free. Um, but there's this thing called revelation that really is supposed to be the next progression where we don't just know stuff about God, but we know him. That's really the point. And knowing him is, is so different than doing for him. He, he has on his heart a work in, for this nation. Like, I can't, you know, it's just extravagant. He wants revival. He wants lost people saved, like extravagant numbers of lost people saved. He wants to stun us and wow us, for sure. But there's like this root thing. It's not the stuff that we would do. Like if, it's not that 100 people would get healed would be amazing. That would be nice. It's not, I'm not saying that's bad, you know. But, but Jesus is better than the healing because it's just he brings it. It's just it testifies about him. He, he's amplified by it, not replaced by it. And I just, my, my life story has been like pursuing, doing big, good stuff for God because it seemed her. Yeah, um, but let's go do stuff. You know, I just want to do stuff. And the Lord's like, uh, I want you to know me. That's, that's going to change everything. Um, there's this, this uh, component, you know, it's worth fiery love for us. Like if we, I was just hit with just the thought of God's fiery love for us. Like if we could just for a moment understand how he loves us. Whatever you think you know about it, you are. God's love for you is beyond words. Whatever you think you know about it, you don't know anything about it. If you know anything about God, you know that you mostly don't know anything about God. Then it just proves there's just so much more. You know, and I, I'm a grandpa now. Um, we have two, two little grandsons, and um, it's crazy how much I love them. You know, I love my kids. And I, a friend of mine said, yeah, his grandpa always told him. He's like, I thought I knew what love was. Then I, had, then I had grandkids. And all I can say is it's just something from the Lord. It's like this is my kid's kid. It just does something. It amplifies. It's, it's more. And I, I look at these little guys running around, and I can't. And it almost scares me how much I love them. And I feel so protective. I mean, I just literally want to walk around them their whole life going, are you Okay. You touch him, I'll hurt you. You know, it's just, <laughs> other little kids, don't take their toys because I will take them back, you know. Um, 
I can't, be, I, and honestly, I can't believe how protective, loving I feel towards them. And God's like, you're so broken, Carl. Think how I love you. Not broken like an insult. I'm just saying, it's like, I know I'm limited. My capacity to love is so much less than his. And he's going, look how you love. How do you think I feel about you? Like, oh, I feel uncomfortable, God. Can't we just keep this kind of, you know, business professional? <laughs> he's like, no, I want to get right in the core of your heart. I've, I spent a lot of years wanting to keep my relationship with God very professional. Like, I'll do stuff, you'll tell me good job, and I'm good. Put her there, <laughs> you know? And the Lord's like, I, I want to get right up in your business and talk to you about how I feel about you. And I'm like, oh, I really don't know about that. Um, I remember vividly when the Lord first exposed to me how big of an issue I had with getting close to him. Um, we did youth camp stuff. Ryan and Bree used to lead worship. Like, it was awesome, you know? And... We had all these little cabins around the campground, like they do, and um, the Lord just gave me this picture, and it was like in the middle of, because I love, I mean, I love camp. It was like everybody's there. You don't have to do anything except just, you know, worship and spend time with your friend. I mean, it was just so awesome to hang out and seek the Lord, um, but God just kind of went, let's go deeper, and it gave me this picture of one of these cabins, and in the picture, I hope this is, isn't too weird for you. It's kind of weird, but like is walking up into the cabin door and I open the door and he's in there sitting on a chair. Jesus is sitting on a chair and the cabin's empty and I can hear all the noise and activity. You just hear voices and you know, people yelling and screaming and doing camp stuff. And the Lord's like, and I knew I was supposed to walk in and I, I turn around, I close the door and as I close the door, it just goes silent. All the voices, everything else done and I've got my back to him, my hands on the door and the Lord's like, now turn around and ask me, what do I think of you? And I'm just standing there going, perception of God. No, I really don't want to do that. My perception of God was so wrong. As a pastor, leading a camp, so off. I knew God is love. I knew information. But I did not have revelation. I did not know him. You know, and it's a prodigal son story. It's really... The father story. I don't know who gets to label that stuff, but they label it wrong. Because you have two sons in the story, neither one have a clue about dad. You got a son who just says, you know what, it'd be better just to run off and do whatever I want. Give me my stuff. I'm going to go have fun. That'll be better than this. Then you got a son who's like, that would be wrong. I will stay here and work. I will do everything you want. And then his dad's throwing a party, and he's all mad and bitter. And the father's like, didn't, everything I have is yours. Like, what's, he didn't know. He stayed and did a good job, and he didn't know. And the Lord's going, I want you to know me. The epicenter of Christianity is simply knowing Jesus Christ. The revelation of the Father. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's like we're made to know him. Everything else flows out of that. Kingdom stuff flows from that place, but that is the heart. Information is supposed to bring revelation, and that brings a transformation. 2 Corinthians, we all, this is a verse for the day, well, one of them, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled faces looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. 
our big job assignment is simply to reflect him. That's it. But we got to behold him. We got to come close so we can reflect him. People don't need us, they need Jesus desperately. And he wants to wreck our hearts with the revelation of his love. Um, we're not compelled by ought to, compelled by you know, wanting to feel better about ourselves, compelled by trying to downplay shame failure stuff or whatever. We're supposed to be consumed with his love and unstoppable. What I say, think, do, everything that comes out of my life, literally 24-7, is supposed to be an act of worship in response to who he is. Not, it's not an act of duty. Um, this thing of the Super Bowl, okay, I'll just say this. I love, I like football. Anybody else football fans? I mean, I, I know there's some, probably. And I share, I've shared this both services. Just um, why, do we, why do you think we like football so much in general? Not saying you, you know, and culturally. What's the big deal that a football game is going to get this kind of global airtime and attention? I mean, if you boil it down, isn't football just kind of dumb? <laughs> Literally, it's make this ball go across the line more than that guy. Football. That's it. I mean, that's it. Watch it. And it's, it's not, they're not going to change into something different. It's going to be a bunch of guys taking this thing going, woohoo. Dude, you're good. You did that, you did that better than him? <laughs> Here's a million dollars, you know? I mean, it's just, uh, and don't get me wrong. I totally enjoy football. Um, I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to cheat. It's going to be, it's fun. It's okay. But why do you think we're gripped by it? There's other games. Anybody ever played Tiddlywinks? <laughs> I grew up in the 80s. It's a game, for real. I didn't make that word up. It's some goofy little game where you, like, make little things bounce around. We don't do that globally. But here's what I think. I feel like I see stuff in culture, and it, it's simply resonating with the story that's hardwired into us by a creator. And that's why. That's the Why? And it's just, we're made for certain things with God, and culture has replaced God with something that's super similar. And so we're naturally engaged. You know, if you watch football, seriously, a bunch of grown dudes holding hands, jumping up and down, and then, let's go! You know what I think? I think we're made... To be together on one team to contend for victory together. But it's the cross. It's, it's the name of Jesus Christ. The contention is against the enemy, the principalities of darkness. We play when we're hurt. We don't care. Lay it all down. And football just reminds us of what we're actually made for, for the kingdom, I think. Now, I shared at last service, um, like romance... Anybody watch Hallmark? Seriously, how can you watch Hallmark? I, I mean, I do with my wife, and sometimes I like it. I just confess, this is so hard. This is really hard, but I feel like I should be honest. But for real, one more movie of 
she's a princess and she doesn't know it. <laughs> One more time. It's just like, oh, this one's in Montana. Okay, she's a cowgirl. Ah, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, he's a royal prince. He's thrown off his royal garb because he wants to go among the commoners to see, can he be loved for who he really is? <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Royalty, taking on humility, to be loved for who he is, not what he has. We're made for the stuff that moves our heart. We just got to go, Lord, what is it about you? Because that's truth. Everything else is a poser. It's just, it's not what we're made for. We're made for him. We are made for him. He purchased us with his shed blood. The the love of God, if we could just see it. And that's where we want to end. I don't know what time it is. Um, we We have some time this morning. That was the goal. We want to end up simply asking for revelation this morning. We're going to ask for it individually, just saying, God, I need this. And um, we don't need a revelation. We need constant revelation. You know, this whole worship prayer thing that's kind of swept the globe of like, how, seriously, how can young people, I mean, I think about who I grew up with. We weren't into singing or doing any, I mean, any worship stuff. It was just Christian music before the guy talked. But we have this generation globally that'll stand for hours and just sing that song again and again. Awake my soul, Jesus, you're beautiful. I, I can't quit singing it, not because of the melody line. It's because he is. And he's worthy. And that's real on the inside of me, not just my people. I go, you're worthy of that person's love. You're worthy of that person's love. You're, you made us. You're worthy of the praise. You're so good. You're so good. So this pursuit of revelation is where we're going this morning. Um, because that's where the transformation happens. Real change comes by the Spirit of God in His presence. And if we're in the Word, if we're in prayer, it's all the same. We're seeking Him, His face. Lord, I want to see you. And I'm going to read this. It's <laughs> funny, I just closed my Bible. I want to read this. Ephesians 1. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling were the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Before that, verse 17 says, I pray the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And that word knowledge there is not, it's not information. It's knowing him. I want to know him intimately. In the intimate knowing of him. We're asking for revelation for the intimate knowing of Jesus Christ. And whether you're five or 50 or 60 or 80, it's like, Lord, I got to know you. That is why I'm alive, is to know you. And because he wants us to share him. And it's really hard to share what we don't know. And he's saying, come here, come close to me. I want to change you on the inside. And then you're going to be a representative of me everywhere you go, no matter what. And we're going to see the gospel preached all over the place. Not just on platforms, not just in stadiums. It'll be at Walmart, in neighborhoods, living rooms, offices, cubicles, wherever. Because we won't be able to be stopped because fire will be just burning on the inside. So we're going we're gonna to pray for this. Before we, um, we're going to sing this song, um, Jesus, You're Beautiful, and just ask him to open our eyes. We just need to know him. Just one word from him can change so, so much.
And so we're going to take some time. I just invite you, whether it's just to sit there, whether it's to stand, to kneel, to lay down. Um, you know, as a church, we just, we really got to get out of the box of like, um, there's like a, a false propriety. I mean, I think of David dancing before the ark, or Shane when he hits the cymbals walking into the drum cage. Oh, man. Um, no. You think of David dancing before the ark. You know, we used to sing a song back in the early 2000s, uh, Undignified. I'll become even more undignified. I'd, I'd sing that and be like, really? Uh, you know, this is some catchy lyrics, but I don't know about, I like my dignity. And God's like, really? Because you like you more than me. I'm like, oh, it's not about being goofy to be a better Christian. It's just like, I'm so, you know, again, watch the football game. Dignity is not a big deal in our culture. <laughs> Dudes are going to take their shirts off and paint their bodies for football. <laughs> Let's do it next Sunday. Come on. No. Um, for Jesus. I just, and it's not about um, false, you know, emotionalism stuff. It's just about reality. Like, we respond when what our heart loves is in front of us. And so, Lord, we want to see you. And, and uh, my wife, Tammy, um, I asked her to pray for us. And, you know, we're in a spiritual war. It's not just you and Jesus trying to work things out. Scripture is abundantly clear. We have an enemy that hates us and is in the way of everything God desires. So we're just going to pray for the Lord to break through whatever's hindering the revelation of his love. So in the 9:30 service uh, they were he gave kind of the same message but <laughs> um, I felt like the Lord said there's so many of us that we hear it and it's in our head there's a ministry called 18 inch journey and it's getting from the head to what we know to our heart is 18 inches and a lot of times we know God loves us he delights over us we can say that but it's really hard to get it to our hearts a lot of times. A lot of times we have wounds from our own earthly father that we can't understand how a heavenly father could love us because he can see everything. There's times where we know our own junk and we don't think that the Lord can delight and be pleased with us. And I just want to tell you a lot of that is spiritual warfare. On that journey, that 18-inch journey, the kingdom of darkness does not want us to know it in our hearts. It says even the demons know him and shudder. They don't want it to get to our heart, our hearts. And so they don't care if we know it in our heads. They don't want it to get to our hearts. And there's a lot of lies that we have believed, curses spoken over us that stops it from getting to our hearts. So in the name of Jesus, we just bind all those lies that have been spoken over us, that we have believed ourselves, that the enemy does not want us to know that how much you love us. So we just command that enemy to be silent, get out of our lives, and that our ears would be open and our heart would be open to receive how much you love us, Jesus. You said in Zephaniah 3.17 that you dance and rejoice and sing over us. Lord, help us to know it in our hearts, not just in our heads.
whatever you need to do to align your heart with his this morning. Just invite you. listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.